The Ringers Nora Princiati and Nathan Hubbard are on a journey breaking down every single Taylor Swift album. For all you Swifties out there, this is the podcast for you. From her most famous moments to her most obscure references, every single album, Taylor Swift has it all. Check it out on the Ringer Dish feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Today, we are going to discuss Arena Shake and Kanye West. We are going to discuss Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez at Nobu. We are going to talk about the Younger finale, which um, is historically bad. Uh, but first, <laughs> first, we will begin by talking about Chrissy Teigen, who, you know, we've talked about in fits and starts on this pod, but I think she became more more of a sort of touchstone of how we view celebrity and celebrity discourse last May when she and Alison Roman had a public kerfuffle and we had a really lovely conversation with Justin Charity in the wake of that. And there's just been a lot of like Chris Teigen activity the last year and the messages she had sent to Courtney Stodden telling them to take a dirt nap um, recently resurfaced. And she apologized for that and left the internet. And then she returned yesterday with a very long apology. And it's all gotten quite messy. And since then, um, Michael Costello, who was on Project Runway and is a designer, um, revealed how she bullied him and also um, told him to die. And it's just a pretty strange situation. Um, Sending our best to Courtney Sada and Michael Costello. And sort of hard to know what to make in this and where where to move forward. Yes. I, you know, this is a podcast and we're going to talk about it. I do feel like beyond echoing your thoughts of um, sending our best to Courtney Stodden and Michael Costello um, and 
you know, Michael Costello shared that he was experiencing suicidal thoughts as a result of this. And you just hope that people get help. That's the top line, right? Is that anyone experiencing suicidal thoughts? Like we send, like we genuinely hope you get the help and support that you need. Sounds like he has loving friends and family around him. He he cited that they've sort of all been keeping a close watch on him, which is great. And I hope he continues to find a a way to um, lighter and happier times. Yes. So like that's, that's the big takeaway. Beyond that, I, like I am a little bit at a loss for words. I and I, you and I were talking a little bit before we were recording, and a couple things. Chrissy Teigen has certainly been negotiating her relationship with the internet in the last year, and in a lot of ways, like her whole celebrity career and social media is in in many ways the vehicle for her level of fame. I mean, obviously she was a model. Obviously she's married to John Legend. She's been in these circles for a while, but it is kind of like her Twitter persona that um, elevated her and resulted in all of all of the brand deals and the, the TV shows and the, the things that she's done. She really used that, uh, that vehicle. She was a very early um, humble bragger. I actually didn't know who Chrissy Teigen was until Grantland launched and Harris Whittles um, passed away. It was a very funny comedian. Had the, you know, he sort of coined the term humble brag. And for Grantland, he used to do these humble brag rankings and, and they they were often included Chrissy Teigen tweets. And I think she was, ended up being in on the humble brag joke, but she's just been like a very, high profile Twitter persona for really a very long time, like 10 years we're talking. Right. And so has been trying to, or maybe not trying to negotiate what that fame means and that kind of fame and her relationship to the internet. And that's sort of heightened in the past year, um, in some parts due to events in her own life, in some parts due to the pandemic, in some parts due to the fact that at some point social media starts to become a fraught thing for everybody. You know, it just like does not seem like a sustainable medium. And she quit Twitter for a while. She came back. There was like the f- the first apology to Courtney Stodden. There was, and then there's this one. And there is this just like kind of can't stay away, but also this is like clearly not working. And even the apologies themselves have contained these sort of, I, I don't think they're very successful apologies, though it's to... To each yes. person to read, accept the apology for yourself. But the first one included a sentence that was, and I have this literally memorized, I've worked so hard to be beloved by you. And the second one includes a sentence about how no one deserves what she was dishing out, not even her detractors. And there's just like this weird... I think like still social media driven, like not even self-involvement, but I mean, it is self-involvement, but just the way that being this kind of famous and like selling yourself all of the time can just sort of like break your understanding of reality and like where you fit in the world that is, is tough. I would say it's like an acute attention to an audience like and and there is an audience people are watching we're talking about it but it's so much probably more imagined than it is based in their in reality of like of how people are responding to what what she's putting out in in recent months um and i think that like 
almost anyone with a social media account can relate to that, right? Like you very, very quickly lose track of like the magnitude and value and gravity of the feedback you get up back, you get on social media, whether it's like three tweets or thousands of comments or whatever it is. And it's just, it is so distorting. And I think obviously Chrissy Teigen's behavior is longstanding. I think the Courtney Stodden messages those were from when Courtney Stodden was involved with Doug Hutchison, which was like so long ago. So that's a very long time ago. Michael Costello ones, I think were from 2014, he said. Um, so this is like a longstanding pattern of behavior. But I do think that sort of the, obs- I don't want to call it obsession, um, but I just think that, like I said, acute attention to like the social media audience has been compounded by the last 15 months inside where like everyone is, really using social media as like a, a, a primary mode of actually socializing. Sure. So, and in her case, and that doesn't ex- by the way, I don't say that to excuse no. any of the behavior. It's just, I think like why perhaps it's escalated or it seems like these apologies are so focused on how she's being received. I would agree that, or I would just echo that we're not trying to excuse the behavior. And it, it is sort of weird, like even trying to understand something that to me is just like weird and sort of I, like, I, I don't understand what's going on here kind of gives the valence of us trying to like, you know, make peace Uh, with it. There's no excuse. Right. I I mean, also, I I think the other thing is we just don't want to speculate on why or how Chrissy Teigen would repeatedly tell people to die. Like that is just so strange. And is like something that I don't really want to speculate on because it's so weird, but it's like, it's on, it's inexcusable and ugly and and strange. Yeah. And that's why the, but that's why the apologies are so weird. It's because like you read this medium post and there's jokes stuffed into it here and there. And I, you know, anyone who's given like a, an awkward speech, or at least let me not say anyone when I've given like an awkward speech or like felt uncomfortable, I like stuff some jokes in to try to like lighten it and make myself feel comfortable. feel like I have some control and, but this is just like not the time. And I think brevity would have been a lot better. Um, but this just reads like, you know, a very, um, online treatise that uses humor in all caps in sort of like two familiar ways. Well, it also reads like a trying to move past it and trying to move past it in order to salvage like her business, which is so intricately tied up in her online presence at this point, Uh, you know, people have pointed out like the number of brand deals that she has and that some of those brand deals have been being removed from shelves and are less available. And, you know, she was supposed to, I believe, have a cameo in the Mindy Kaling Netflix show and, and that's no longer happening. And so you see what happens when you build an entire business around this type of being in public. And then what you have to do to, or what she's trying to do, not what you have to do to salvage it. it that, that's what it feels like, right? Of like, how can yeah. we like get back to this place? Yeah. And I think um, to your point about wanting to move past it, I was like kind of dismayed that a few hours after she posted her apology, she posted like a black and white photo of her new tattoo. That's a drawing that her daughter did on her wrist. And I was just like, this just felt like, she wanted to get back on social media. And mm-hmm. so just yes. sort of like, here's the apology. And now it's like moving on back to regularly scheduled programming. Right. And I think that just feels disingenuous. So even if you're taking the apologies 
in good faith and on face value, there's like other media now being presented that sort of undercuts the impact of what she's saying she's trying to do. And it's just like, it's just like, I, I think people, uh, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I am just sort of find it um, insufficient. It's a particularly insufficient when your entire brand and all your businesses are based on like, quote, telling it like it is. And yeah. there is this sort of like, quote, authenticity or even, you know, like a little bit of a of a shit stir quality to what Chrissy Teigen was doing online. I think part of her a- appeal was that she would like share a little more or be a little sharper or take something on than like most sort of bland celebrities do. And I think when that was deployed in positive ways, people were like very excited about it. But if someone is invested in you because they think you're quote, like more relatable and, and authentic, which are like garbage made up words, you know, it's part of the weird world that we live in. And I think none of them are actually real, but I do think she was trying to sell it as real. And so I don't know how you kind of turn the ship around. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think something that a lot of people commented on, on the medium post was this line. I was a troll full stop and I'm so sorry. I think that is a problematic way of summing up her apology for two reasons. One to be a troll, I think and has an inherent performative value to it. And I think it's sort of like she acknowledges this performativity on Twitter without really grappling with it. Cause I think performance is a big part of this problem altogether. Mm-hmm. And moreover, she wasn't just a troll troll is like when you do like a headline to get some attention or like when you tweet back at someone in like a pithy way to stir controversy, but Chrissy Teigen was DMing people in private. So it wasn't, it wasn't public. She was like going she was actively trying to, I don't even know if it's bullying, but like she was telling people to die, like in their DMs in a way that actually no one else could see until now when people like Courtney Sodden and Michael Costello have shared the messages. So it's actually not trolling. It's just cruel. It's super weird. Again, I'm sort of at a place where I just, I don't understand. Like I, I will Same. never understand. I, I just don't understand the behavior. I, I don't understand the relationship to the internet that you would just like be DMing someone. I also am learning about these people that she was DMing for the first time. When I hear about this, these are, it's not like, um, she's definitely punching down even in 2013 or 14 when she was not as famous as she was now. And it does kind of also feel like the behavior was, I mean, I agree with you when, if you're DMing it again, I just don't get it, but it does seem like she was like trying to get in on internet discourse in some way in order to advance herself, which like is troll behavior, but trolling has a little bit to do with like the power that you have and how you're deploying it against other people. And it's just, I don't get it. I like, I'm really just kind of mystified by it. I'm sorry that that's makes her a boring podcast, but I just, it's weird. (laughs) Well, I think there's another aspect of this that, that we want to talk about as well, which is another part of this sort of crumbling Mm -hmm. world of Chrissy Teigen is that I rarely remember distinctly the the pod that we did where we talked about their, um, I think it was a Vogue article where they, they revealed they were going to be voting for Elizabeth Warren and they have really positioned themselves as sort of like moral arbiters on the left. And so I think when you 
do that, you open yourself up for a lot of criticism when your morality and ethics fall short. And I think that is why um, the article from LA Mag last week about the Twitter reporter Yashar Ali also got a lot of traction. It was discussed in the press box. Check that out. They had the, the writer on. Mm-hmm. Um, but when these really public, when these people like anoint themselves as like these like public ar- arbiters of good and bad in the in the face of Trump, it opens themselves up to um, a lot more criticism when they fall short, which is, you know, kind of like great power and responsibility of Spider-Man, of course. But I do think this is like so specific to Twitter in particular of like how they kind of use that as their pulpit, that it's like this really warped sense of morality that they're like without nuance that they're like allegedly enforcing. But like, then you see the conversation between Chrissy Teigen and Michael Costello, and she's like allegedly fighting racism. And he was like, this is not real. Like, let's let, let me tell you. And it's just sort of like off to the races and, and it's really complicated and messy. Right. And it also just shows both in the case of Yashua Ali and, and Chrissy Teigen, who uh, like apparently are our friends. There is a detail in that profile where Yashua Ali provides the writer with a spreadsheet of 40 notable individuals who would be willing to give a secondary on his behalf. I believe Chrissy Teigen is number 30 on that list. Um, but their association has been well known. But if if Twitter is your only reality... If, if Twitter or, or social media or kind of the performance that you're doing in public is, first of all, like the only skill you got or the only thing you're selling, which is, I think, true in, in both cases at, at this point, or that, you know, Chrissy Teigen was using this, uh, this fame um, or this infamy in order to then sell cookbooks and, you know, the pots, the, the cooking line. Yeah. Right. And like robes, I the, the robe thing was when I sort of um, I, I, I stopped paying attention to what Chrissy Teigen was selling. But a, a, a lot of different things, I guess, cleaning products with the Kardashians. I mean, I don't know, monetizing it. But it's you, she didn't start with the cookbook as as far as I can recall and then move to Twitter like that. That's kind of what make these things happen. And so if that's your reality, things get really warped, or if that's the only thing that matters is kind of what's being performed on social media, things get out of hand really, really fast because you're living by the rules of social media as opposed to the rules of, you know, normal humanity. Yeah, yeah. Humanity. Seriously. Um, the Kardashians reminded me of another detail. I think it's worth pointing out. Michael Costello says the two people who bullied him and kind of killed his career. Monica Rose. Yeah. Chrissy Teigen and Monica Rose. And Monica Rose famously was Kim Kardashian stylist until she went rogue in 2018 and gave an interview that she wasn't supposed to. And she was then fired. Um, which I think is like just kind of notable, uh, about like how all, how all of these worlds converge. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about Monica Rose in a really long time to your point about, I, you know, haven't been thinking about many of these people involved in this. And so it's just, um, this is really sorted. I don't, one thing I also been thinking about is I, I feel like when many men do bad things, their wives get pulled into it. And I think it's interesting that John legend has been sort of like not discussed, not that he necessarily should be. Cause it's not like, I think that like, you know, every, every spouse of a bad actor should, should also be convicted of their crimes, but they very much present their life together as part of their persona and part of their brand. And so I'm wondering what this means for John Legend, who is another sort of like arbiter of kindness and sort of um, 
moral crusader in pop culture. Um, and so I don't know what this means for him. I, I don't, I frankly don't know what it means for her either, but I think it's like, like I've been kind of thinking about it. And just another like stray thought I had was this feels of a, of a part of um, also the kind of crumbling of Ellen's empire and just sort of like all of these sort of um, pulpits kind of falling. Yeah. The John Legend thing is interesting. He's in a commercial right now. And and Chrissy Teigen and their children are also briefly featured in it. I think it's, I don't know if it's for Airbnb or VRBO or. Oh, I think it's for VRBO. I, I know, but right. also apparently it's pronounced Verbo or that's Verbo. what they're saying in the commercial. I call, and I was I like, call it VRBO I was like, this is news to me. Yeah. It's that commercial about kind of reunions post um, pandemic and people like being able to see each other and how like rental homes like help it happen. Sure. Whatever. VRBO is a great service. It I is. One, it really I is. I had a wonderful VRBO in Hawaii one time. So have I. Thank you for printing the actual address of the home on, yeah, your, on your listing. I just didn't incredible feature. Yeah. Anyway, but I did in the last few weeks see this commercial and note Chrissy Teigen in it. And this was when she had not yet apologized again. And I was kind of like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Like I hear your whole family is, and John Legend is clearly the spokesperson of that commercial. And I, I think this is another thing where like, I do think John Legend is probably still a lot more famous than Chrissy Teigen. And maybe you disagree with that. And like, frankly, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Um, Thinking about it as you as you chat. Right. But, you know, there is like Internet famous. I mean, it's just everything is sectioned off. Right. And so if you are on the Internet, this is quite literally the only thing that has been like discussed for the past 36 hours. Two friends of mine who are online, but like not as online, both yeah. texted me yesterday to be like, what's going on with Chrissy Teigen? And I was like, I don't know. You tell me. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> right. But like how many people are watching the VRBO commercial during like an NBA game? Yeah. I think that's what I was watching. It could have been Same. golf. It's really dark in my house these days for different reasons, but it could have been tennis also. Uh I still do think he has like the wider appeal. And so do rant, do people who just kind of like know who John Legend is and like watch the NBA finals know what's going on with Chrissy Teigen? And are they like, are they going to hold it against him? It They might. They, they seem to sort of like divided the types of fame, which is like savvy. But I, but also this could, this is pretty, this is pretty big and is everywhere. So maybe it will catch up. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure either. I think a crucial difference here is that John Legend came up as a musician. Mm -hmm. Like he started as touring with Kanye and a lot of his success is because he's a really talented music producer and Mm -hmm. performer. And so, you know, let's say like some of, some of this scandal impacts him as well as I think you could reasonably expect it would. There's like a lot of like behind the scenes jobs that are like also very lucrative that I could see John Legend doing like producing, composing, being less forward facing, but like using some of these very specific and very impressive skills. And I think, I think his career is just different than Chrissy Teigen's not in, in, in that so much of her career relies on being forward facing and being vocal Whereas he has also been in that position. He's a judge on the, on the voice, although I think he might be done with that, but like there's just sort of more um, paths for him in the wake of this than there are for her. Um, and so yeah. I think that's like it's a, the, a big difference. It's the selling yourself, that being the brand, yeah. that being the moneymaker, the, like the Twitter is reality thing. Um, 
seems unsustainable. And that's, again, not to justify or excuse anything um, that Chrissy Teigen said. As previously discussed, I am just, like, completely baffled by it. Um, Same. But, I, you know, I don't know. I And this is one where I don't totally know how it shakes out. I feel like normally we have some blueprints or some previous references for how these scandals go. And that's okay. I'm not like we should, we should know, and we should like be able to, you know, render a verdict. But I, I do kind of think that this is maybe not new territory, but a, a situation that I have not quite seen before. Yeah. And I think again, what's different about this versus like some other people who have been canceled and we're like, what are we supposed to do with them now? Is again, Chrissy Teigen's so she's more akin to some influencers that people decide to abandon or, or not when they, you know, do offensive things. Um, she's more akin to that than she is to like, you know, someone like Chris Harrison who had a specific job that people thought that he, some thought including ABC and Warner brothers thought he should be removed from or whatever. So I don't, I don't know exactly like what to, to do with this sort of famous person. And I, and I think it's also harder than some of the other people that have um, gotten themselves embroiled in scandal over the last, you know, however many years, because, it's not like she um, did racism and then can like say, I'm going to do the work and like come back. It's just sort of like she needs to change her whole MO here. And that includes her career. And I think it's just like, it's just really complicated. And again, I'm not trying to like um, compare or contrast like people's offenses. It's just like, this is, this is a really specific situation. I think. Correct. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, you and I are just kind of like making faces at each other. Like, yeah. right? Like, who yeah, because knows? So, so many other influencers, they don't have the same influence. That's kind of the funny yeah. part about it. Chrissy Teigen does have a lot more impact on, on consumers and whatnot. It's not the same as like Bryce Hall, who like, I'm just sort of like, whatever, he'll come and go and that's fine. Chrissy Teigen's just very different than a lot of these people. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll see. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. 
on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Let's move on. (laughs) I'd like to talk about Arena Shake and Kanye West. Who would not like to talk about it? Maybe Kanye West. That seems like the only one. Arena Shake seems like just completely fine with making her own choices, living her own life. And I really admire it. When Irina Shake was dating Ronaldo, I didn't expect that she would remain a fixture in my life and in the tabloids and in the paparazzi photos all this time. But I just feel like Irina Shake, she's she's here to stay. And I I think that I haven't recognized her as the A-lister that she is. And I want to apologize to Irina Shake. And I am honestly floored. I think that in this is like a um, Jane Fonda esque career in terms of just just, <laughs> okay. just in ter- just in terms of coverage and um, social uh, social affinities. Nothing having to do with uh, the actual substance of their careers. Okay. But I just I just find this shocking. She's now dating Kanye West after dating Bradley Cooper after dating Cristiano right. Ronaldo. So it's she and impressive. Kanye were photographed. From a distance at a hotel in Provence, uh, on so jealous. and I believe I the, go there. the photographs were released hours before the series finale of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which I do not think is a coincidence. Just so certainly you know. not, certainly not. And this had been a little bit rumored, but then there was photographic evidence of them just like walking through a Provencal garden, which it looks like a nice garden. I love gardens. So they are dating, and if you recall. Arena Shake's last relationship, Bradley Cooper had a child together, went to Wimbledon and got in a big fight that was captured on camera. One of the most iconic 10 seconds of celebrity video that I've ever seen, though we will discuss a later iconic 10 seconds of celebrity video in the next portion of this podcast. And and as you said, before that, dated dated Ronaldo. It is, she just kind of shows up in unexpected, very high profile places. It's uh, shout out to her. If that's what you want, go get it. She's the most omnipresent celebrity who I've never heard speak. I've literally no idea what the sound of her voice sounds like. I actually used to wonder what language her and Ronaldo spoke to each other in. Mm-hmm. Um, I still wonder. I don't know. Okay. It's incredible. Apparently Kanye rapped about her uh, a while ago. Sure. And so that's what he does. He raps about, he, he manifests his girlfriends by rapping about them. And apparently it's been going on for a while. There was like some hint where she, he was wearing, she was wearing some exclusive like easy t-shirt before it was available like a few months ago. So apparently this is a few months old. And to your point, it really came to light on the, the day of the Kardashians finale. So that's some Jennifer Lopez level manip- uh, paparazzi manipulations. Good job. Uh, I love it. I just love it. I hope that everyone's um, of sound mind and join themselves. And I'd like to go to Provence. So I'm quite jealous. <laughs> I do just appreciate people 30, 35 and up 
finding love, seizing their summer, which is a great segue into our, our next segment. But thank you for, you know, love comes at any age and at any life stage and everyone can have fun in the summer too. And I echo everything you said, sound mind, but if people are health, happy and healthy and doing what they want in the summer, good for them. Age is just a number. Aria shake just blows me away. Can't, can't wait to see what she does next. Onward. To Nobu Malibu, which seems to be the hot spot of Los Angeles. Um, I read about Kyle Richards and Chris Jenner going there together. Uh, I read about many other people going there. And then the there Gerber were Crawfords have been there all pandemic. Oh, yeah, the Gerber pandemic. Yeah. So we can assume Cl- the Clooney's as well. Sure. Then. Um, best friends, obviously, B Fry. They were um, photographed there as well. I mean, Nobu, I think, figured out like the safety COVID regulations pretty quickly, and a lot of people were photographed in masks going into Nobu Malibu over the past year. Yeah. It also makes sense. It's already basically like an outdoor type of situation close to the ocean. And I think like many people, they're like, well, I don't have to go to Beverly Hills today. I don't have to go to Hollywood. I don't Mm -hmm. have to go to wherever. I'm going to Malibu. Like, Mm -hmm. makes sense. Checks out. Go to the beach. Why not? Um, Ben Affleck joins the Lopez family to celebrate Jennifer Lopez's sister's 50th birthday at Nobu Malibu. Jennifer Lopez's mother and her children were there and we got some footage of them making out people. It's, it's really something we got footage of them making out and then Jennifer Lopez's son invading the frame in order to show them something on his phone and Ben Affleck being like, what is this child doing with this phone very close to me? is a really great reaction shot, even at a grainy paparazzi distance. I I will say it, they are invasive paparazzi photos, but also Nobu Malibu is where every celebrity has been photographed for the past okay. year as previously discussed. So thank you. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah. Yes. All these celebrities have been photographed at Nobu Malibu. Yes. That's correct. And for years, it's been a celebrity hotspot. Of course. This is the first video I've seen from Nobu Malibu inside that was on like page six of the Daily Mail or whatever in quite some time. I can't think of another. There's many outside. There's always people getting into their cars. Plus, it's right next to Soho Malibu, Soho House Malibu. So there's like a lot of celebrity and paparazzi activity there. And I just think that this was um, well documented in a way that many of the meals there are not. So what are you suggesting by that, Juliet? Are you suggesting... I just think that this is still a coordinated paparazzi situation. Yeah, of course. Situation. Yes, yeah. of course. Of course. At the very least, they did not avoid a place where they knew that they would be photographed. It was just yeah. 100% guaranteed. You go to Nobu Malibu, you do get photographed. And, and people yeah. are willing to go otherwise. So they're not avoiding these places. I, I would agree with you that there is a level of documentation here that is unprecedented and notable. It's yeah. It bums me out, but okay, whatever. I mean, the, it, it's sort of when they went to the Wolf game puck restaurant a couple weeks ago, you texted me like, why do they go there? And I think should be photographed. Was, sure. Was the camera emoji. Sure. So <laughs> I don't know. This is just another one that I'm just sort of like loving it. But, uh, but again, I find this super weird. It does seem to be bringing people a huge amount of joy, me included, until (laughs) I really start like thinking 85 steps ahead. But I want to believe that it's happy and it's healthy. And I believe that actually. I think it's dual purpose. And I think it's like, yeah, I think it's both. 
And I, like, I, I do think somehow the fact that they seem to, maybe if they're not like working with the tabloids, they're like, they probably are to like some extent. I, like, again, just the sheer number of quotes of being like, Jennifer is happy and open to new things. Like, I just like, I just don't know what else to say other than someone is at least taking those phone calls. But like, that's okay. Some awareness and intentionality like honestly makes me feel like a little bit safer about the whole thing. It's like, they know they don't really mind. They're like going to give us like this much. They understand how it works. It's like a, a little bit, bit more mediated, which, you know, after the Chrissy Teigen conversation we just had, which seems completely unmediated. And I'm just like, I literally don't even know what to say. This, this feels slightly better. Even if yeah. we are looking at photographs that were like definitely taken from the beach, like with a super long lens or video. I'm sorry. Um, I, I agree with you that I think that there is something controlled about all of this. And I mean that in the good way. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I hope that that continues. Same. I also do think that they see him happy. Whatever. This is just wild. I mean, what a wild ride. wouldn't want to be making out with either Ben Affleck or Jennifer Lopez? Like, or both. Like, it's a, it's a great option. Congratulations to them. You know, I just, I really didn't see this happening. I didn't see Kanye and Irina shake. Like I just find both of these couples. I'm just like, I couldn't have predicted it. I love to be surprised. This is great. Listen, find love in the summer. Also, Nobu sounds delicious right now. I would love to have some. So I'm happy like for Crispy them. rice t- with tuna. Yes. Mm. Delicious. So Nobu special. All right. Lastly, Younger ended last week. And previously we've heartily endorsed the show. Amanda read Marriage Vacation. The book I did. Julianne <laughs> gave it to me for my birthday. It was a very <laughs> yeah. thoughtful gift. Uh, did you watch the finale? No, I meant to after you texted me about it. And then I have to be honest, I forgot. But you said that it was so bad. And the, sh- the episodes of this season that I watched were so bad that I decided to not put myself through that indignity. This season sucked. It betrayed. It, it did. This finale in the season did what the worst finales do. And this is what people like get mad at Lost. I, I love Lost still. It didn't bother me as much, but this finale completely betrayed the characters in the show and it made no sense. It was so bad and stupid. It was on the level of Alex leaving Grey's Anatomy with the dumb letter and like never seeing his face. Honestly, it might be worse because at least Grey's Anatomy had another season where they could bring back McDreamy. This is it. This show is done. And it's like, the final season is so bad. The best character wasn't even fucking in it. They didn't even find a way to get her in the finale. Diana Trout's not in the finale. Like, what are we doing here, people? And one of the best parts about the show is, like, how open they <laughs> I'm are. I'm dying right now. Keep going. I'm sorry. I'm like, Lauren, the character played by Molly Bernard, is bisexual on the show and very sure. sex positive and just sort of, like, very fluid with her sexuality. She ends the show by leaving a major event that she had organized to go track down this doctor that she like convinces herself she's in love with. And then it turns out he's gay and he has a boyfriend and she's like, oh, could I join you guys? So she ends up in like a throuple with a gay character after like abandoning a work obligation for some male doctor where she has not really been dating like conventional men or in like conventional relationships for a long time. It's so fucking dumb. And then... Also, she's very ambitious, very work forward. So she would not do that. She would not abandon her career like that. Continue. And then this whole season hasn't been about Charles and Liza and like how they will get back to each other. Charles is really hot. Liza is really wonderful. She's pretty too, but I mean, Charles is just so hot. It's insane. The only good part of the finale is that you see him in his underwear. Um, (laughs) He 
and Liza like have like a big airport reunion in the penultimate episode. And then 20 minutes into this finale, they like have some spats over her not being entirely truthful and all this stuff. And they're like, we're not going to make it. And then Josh, who's been sidelined for like two seasons, barely in the season has no role, absolutely nothing to do. Comes up to Liza in the in the last scene, like a replay of one of the first scenes, and and he's like, "I've I've been here this whole time. I've always been here." And then so you're, it's like implied that like they like renew their relationship when he literally has been completely irrelevant, not on the show, like just pointless for a very long time. And I don't know why she wouldn't fight harder for Charles when he's Charles. It just fucking doesn't make sense. This whole season, they're like, "We're in love. I love you." I, blah blah blah. They do a big airport reunion. To betray your airport reunion is so criminal. I absolutely, I, I absolutely cannot abide. It is so, makes me so angry. It's one of the main central tropes of television. Airport reunions are forever. Just see Felicity. I mean, Felicity and Ben got through Ben's love child. I, I fucking hated it. And also like, why punish Liza? My main takeaway was like Darren Star hates women because Molly Bernard's character ends up having to be in a relationship. Maggie, who's played by Debbie Mazar, ends up having to be in a relationship. Like Kelsey, she does go off to LA for like some a work opportunity, like her startups being backed by Reese Witherspoon. Cool, cool, cool. But like so many of these women end up being defined by the relationships they are or are not in. And Darren Star is like, I wanted to have Liza to have a big work triumph because she does take over empirical. But it's like that was so downplayed compared to all the Charles and Liza shit this season. And people like that. I don't know. Just I'm fucking furious. It was horrible. I, that was just unbelievable. That was even <laughs> better than the Grey's Anatomy, Alex, like what happened. Recap this was a bigger of 2018. offense. Was I was going to ask you questions about what happened and we could like talk about it. But like, I have no questions. Like you like your case is rested. Like, very convincing. I agree with everything you said, even though I have not watched the show. Like, and also airport, don't betray your airport reunion is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. It's one of the most important tropes in the history of television. I'm not joking. <laughs> Give me I the mean, other ones. Let's go. Let's talk it out. Well, the Felicity one is definitely the, the absolute biggest one. But, I mean, Friends, that's a huge part of that as well. The airport oh, right. doesn't work out. Then she comes sure. back. But yeah. like when you invoke the couple at the airport, there's no going back from that. That couple is forever. Okay. And it's because of when, when Harry met Sally, he's like, how long have you been dating? And she's like three weeks. And he's like, oh, I was going to say four. And she said, how do you know that? And he's like, well, the beginning of relationship, you bring someone to the airport. And that's why I never bring someone to the airport. It's like, it's <laughs> part of the rom-com DNA. I, I, listen, I'm, I, I'm so furious about this in particular. I mean, an airport is the least romantic place on earth at this point. Like you yeah. couldn't pay me to, you know, like well. be in an airport, let alone try to find love there. But I hear what you're saying. And I, it's, it's very disappointing. I do. You bring up an interesting thing because getting back with Josh in a lot of ways is like, it, it is both a neat callback to the beginning of the show, but the show was about finding like a second chapter in your life, yeah. right? Like the show yes. started with a character uh, who is 40 something and had a college age daughter pretending to be 20 because she is blessed with the genetics to be able to do that uh, in order to be able to get a job in an ageist industry and, you know, find a new life like post-divorce. And then she's in a relationship with this younger guy and she's just kind of like rediscovering all of these things that she didn't like get to do in her 20s, but like hopefully with some of the wisdom of her 40s, it's a nice like wish fulfillment, but also 
you know, learning things about what it means to be both 20 and 40. Great stuff, right? And so it makes sense that she wouldn't end up with just like the old Ken doll guy in the traditional relationship, you know, that they would subvert what would normally happen in terms of her discovering like new life or whatever. Yeah. But the way that they did it, as you said, and again, I didn't even watch last season, but the two seasons previous, just totally sidelining Josh, like not developing any of these characters and kind of getting away from what the show was ever about, which is like what happens when you make it to season seven of a show, right? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to carry any themes through season seven. So I, I don't mind exactly the results, but I didn't see the airport reunion and I didn't <laughs> see the execution. So I, and also, and that was because it was just really bad and unwatchable. So I join you in outrage. I support, I stand with you in your outrage. I can't, you know, meet it, but I'm, I'm with you and I enjoyed it. I think if she had not ended up with Charles, but didn't have this like Josh situation, it wouldn't have been as, um, anger inducing for me. It still would have been an awful finale of historic levels okay? because the whole season was so bad, but I just, I feel personally offended as, you know, someone who cherishes rom-coms and the fantasy of rom-coms. And it's like, what are we doing here? If if not playing into that? So So, fuck you, everyone. I'm so (laughs) mad. (laughs) I really do recommend like the first four seasons of younger though. Yeah. Just like stop there. Yeah. Um, have you watched Starstruck or heard about it on HBO Max? No. I actually I feel like I just read something this morning but didn't follow up. What is it? I watched it all in one sitting on Sunday. Okay, classic. Six six episodes. Or, okay. You know, 20 to 30 minutes. Um it is like, you know, it's a British rom-com sitcom. I recommend oh, it. Great. Okay. I wouldn't say it's like reinventing the wheel, but there's some good performances. The guy in it, I love. His name is Nikesh Patel. He was on Indian Summer, the masterpiece show. And then he also was on Four Weddings and a Funeral on oh, right. Hulu, which yes. um, only I watched, me and Mindy mm-hmm. Kaling. Um, she had to contractually. I did by choice. <laughs> um, and the woman on it is um, this young... Um, is this young comedian from New Zealand who I think is sort of like making it in the UK. Her name is Rose Matafeo. Um, she wrote it and produced it and she's like in her like late twenties. It's very charming. I think if you like flea bag and you know, that kind of humor, you'll like this. I mean, I don't want to, you know, it's not quite on level flea bag. Will anything be on the hot priest level? No. I'm not sure. So. Okay, great. I'll watch it. I'm, I also yeah. still haven't gotten to hacks. I'm looking forward to it. I have I'm not to- going to watch hacks. I'm out. Okay. Jean Smart and Mare just fucking crushed it. I'm good. I support her and everything. I don't you like know, comedians. Sorry. Juliet, once again, you are a singular television visionary. And I just stand <laughs> in awe of you and, and your thoughts and observations. And I support them entirely. 100%. You just keep shining. And Amanda, thank you so I'll, much. I'll just keep taking TV recommendations from you. That's such beautiful support. On that note, we'll be back next week. Thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this. And good luck out there. Stay off Twitter. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.